Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to our show, number 958. We recently announced the launch of our Talking Birds Patreon, through which we're offering exclusive content and behind the scenes Talking Birds stuff to listeners who join our Patreon and support our show in the process. Supporters will receive exclusive Talking Birds show content, like bonus video guest interviews, behind-the-scenes photos of Talking Birds goings-on, personalized video messages, annotated program notes, and fascinating facts about Talking Birds team members. Here's our tease about that. Which of the following descriptions do you think match up with which of our amazing team members? One of our Talking Birds team members not only plays piano, but also teaches piano. Is it Science Corner creator and presenter Debbie Bleacher? Or our birding trails access expert, Freya McGregor? Who, by the way, has a story about her in this week's Philadelphia Inquirer? Or is it our producing engineer and technical advisor, Jesse Wilkins? Another of our team members plays... viola, as well as other instruments, and has done writing and editing work for major publications. Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, Jesse Wilkins, and one of our Talking Birds team members once served in a specialized capacity on board the U.S. Navy hospital ship Comfort. Is that Debbie Bleacher, or Freya McGregor, or Jesse Wilkins. If you join our Talking Birds Patreon and support our show in the process, we'll reveal to you who matches up with which of those descriptions with photos confirming the IDs. And that's along with lots of other cool perks that you can obtain by becoming a Patreon supporter. Patreon.com slash Talking Birds. You can find out more info about it on our TalkingBirds.com website as well as on our Facebook and Instagram pages. I want to thank show contributor extraordinaire Jeff Collins for alerting us to this headline. This New York City building is in the bird-killing hall of shame. It wants out. Well, in the wake of the avian calamity in Chicago in early October, when more than a 1,000 birds, migrating birds, crashed into a single building and perished In a single night, the New York Times relates the story of an elegant condominium building on the edge of Central Park that's become infamous for the number of bird crashes that occur on its shiny glass exterior. Last year, the number of window strikes at the building called Circa Central Park put it in the top three among buildings monitored by New York City Audubon. The good news, residents are fixing the problem. 
They've joined with New York City Audubon to add bird-deterring window film in a stick-on pattern that makes glass more visible to birds. New York City Audubon's Director of Conservation and Science, Dustin Partridge, says, quote, Circa, referring to the building, is so important because it's individuals. These are residents that are making a rare decision and they're helping save hundreds or thousands of birds a year. End quote. So here's hoping that pattern of window film and the building's resident pattern of behavior will be replicated in many, many other places around the world. What we're hearing there is our mystery bird. Whoa. Our mystery bird, this is a preview of our contest, a contest coming along in a little bit here. Our mystery bird is a chunky, medium-sized diving duck. The male is a strikingly patterned bird with a dark purple head, a vertical white crescent just behind the bill, white undersides and a dark back with white bars. The female is mostly brown with an orange bill. Our bird is found mostly in the western U.S., but it's becoming more common in the northeast as it migrates south in winter from increasingly large nesting areas in northern Canada. That's our bird and some clues there. And wow, we have some wonderful prizes, including from our friends at Bird Collective, new friends of our show here, reminding us that birding is a wild life, but that you don't have to sacrifice style or comfort when out in the field. That's why today's prize is a $25 gift certificate for Bird Collective, your one-stop shop for vintage-inspired apparel and unique accessories, all featuring birds. More info on them at birdcollective.com. They do lots of great stuff for conservation groups, by the way, so we're really happy to have them with us. And from our friends at Brome Bird Care, it's a Brome Squirrel Solution 150 Bird Feeder. It's genuinely squirrel-proof and chew-proof. It's easy to clean, and it features a vented seed tray to keep the seed fresh and dry. It's kind of got it all there. Wonderful prizes. And speaking of window collisions, if we get to our um, bonus uh, prize or bonus question today, we'll offer a feather-friendly bird window collision kit to keep birds from crashing into your windows. That's all on our Mystery Bird Contest coming up in just a little bit. Want to get you ready for that right now and right now. It's our weekly salute. We're happy to be able to keep doing these salutes uh, to folks who are helping us do what we're trying to do, which is get the word out about birds and conservation. Thank you to Ariel W. from New York, New York. Thank you so much, Ariel, for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. And thanks to Garnett Muller from Westerly, Rhode Island. She says, I'm very excited about becoming an ambassador. My love of all birds is enormous. Thank you, Garnett. Two new ambassadors joining our family of ambassadors, and we hope uh, all Talking Birds listeners will consider becoming ambassadors. It's really easy to do. It takes a couple of minutes to sign up as an ambassador. And the time you spend doing it is very, uh, very, very small, as small as you like. All it amounts to is we send you a bunch of little cards 
and at your convenience, hand them out to your friends and neighbors, fellow birders, and maybe most importantly, would-be birders. So it's that simple. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and uh, click on the Get Involved tab at the top of the homepage to uh, sign up. Still to come today, we'll connect direct to Hawaii with the American Bird Conservancy's Luca Zavas, who will detail the many survival threats encountered by honey creepers and other Hawaiian birds. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for Let's Ask Mike segment, direct from Cape Cod, about birds that vocalize not just in spring, but in fall and winter too. And up next, a bird whose vocals and appearance seem well-suited for Halloween season is today's featured feathered friend. Many birds have a mysterious organ buried deep within their chests. It's a -a one-of-a-kind voice box called a syrinx. It's what allows mockingbirds to sing an almost limitless variety of songs and helps a wood thrush harmonize with itself. But not all birds have a syrinx. Some have no voice box at all. That could explain why today's featured feathered friend sounds like this. It's the scary-sounding and scary-looking black vulture. Black vultures are raptors and members of the New World vulture family, slightly smaller than the closely related turkey vulture. The black vulture's nearly all-black plumage contrasts with silvery patches on the underside of their wingtips. The bare skin on their head is also black. One way to separate these two vulture species in flight is by noticing that turkey vultures' wings are usually held in a dihedral, or V-shaped, configuration, a little bit like the common rock pigeon, while black vultures hold their wings flat and angled forward as eagles do. And the silvery plumage on the turkey vultures' wings extends beyond the tips all along the wing's trailing edge. Here in the U.S., black vultures are outnumbered by their red-headed turkey vulture cousins, but thanks to their huge range, black vultures rank number one in vulture population all across the Western Hemisphere. Unlike turkey vultures, black vultures don't have an especially well-developed sense of smell. It's not needed because their method of finding food is to soar high in the sky, looking down on the turkey vultures and moving in when their relatives home in on a carcass on which to feed. And despite the black vulture's smaller size, they'll often drive turkey vultures away from food by showing up in greater numbers. The black vulture is a resident species in much of the southeast part of the U.S., and they're found in parts of the southwest as well, while they've also expanded their territory in recent years into the northeast. Experts say that this expansion is probably due, at least in part, to the increased availability of roadkill and to warmer temperatures associated with climate change. A scary-sounding, scary-looking, carrion-scavenging bird that doesn't have a strong sense of smell, or a voice box, is today's featured feathered friend, Coragyps altratus the black vulture.
Welcome again to our show, number 958. Well, we know that many bird species in Hawaii have gone extinct since Western colonization began in the late 1700s, and that today many are federally listed under the Endangered Species Act and in big trouble. We're about to find out about the ongoing threats to the birds of Hawaii and what might be done to fight back as we welcome Luca Zavas. She's the American Bird Conservancy's outreach manager in their Hawaii program, and she has another specific focus as well, which we'll ask her to describe. Good morning, Luca. Good morning, Ray. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure indeed. Tell us about that other program that I just alluded to there. Yeah, so um, I work here in Hawaii on the island of Oahu to help guide outreach and community engagement for the Birds Not Mosquitoes um, partnership. And so BNM, which we call ourselves, is a multi-agency partnership. So we have federal, state, nonprofit, and private organizations all working together and leveraging everybody's expertise in helping to advance um, mosquito suppression here in Hawaii to protect our endangered Hawaiian honeycreepers. Okay, I'll, I'll come back to that too, but I wonder if we could... Let's kind of start off here with maybe for folks who aren't familiar, an overview of Hawaiian birds. So many spectacular species. And how many endemic species are there in Hawaii, found only there? And how many are threatened by extinction? We had estimates, you know, we can't say for exact, but estimates mm-hmm. of over 115 bird species that were found nowhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, of those 71 have already disappeared. And so we are facing most of them, like very few. I think I could count off on my hands more of like who aren't endangered versus Mm. like who are endangered Mm -hmm. um, here in Hawaii. A little extra music there. (laughs) So that's that's a frightening uh, statistic. Uh, I want to ask you about the the recent... uh, wildfires, and I know they had a devastating impact. What has been the long, well, up until this medium-length impact from those fires? Yes, the wildfires definitely were devastating, not just for our birds, but for our people community here in um, Hawaii and especially on Maui. Um, For most of the damage was down in Lahaina, which is you know, unfortunately, not many native birds are still there just because of how developed it is and the changes that the landscape is. Um, for the birds that I work with um, and alongside, they are found more up in like the high elevation mountainous forests. So the Kula fires definitely were um, more concerning for us as regards for like the birds. And especially as you may have seen that it came really close to the um, bird conservation center that that house right. not only birds from Maui, but like the remnant populations of the Akikiki from Kauai, some Manu from Hawaii Island. So we were like, oh no, if those fires had left over and if the staff there didn't like respond in the way that they did and like quench the fire, at least from like right in front of the conservation center, then we could have seen half the remaining Akikiki disappear. And mm-hmm. that just really makes you see like, how little we have left and how important it is for us to continue like restoration and continue working to protect them so that we can have 
more of them and not be like, oh, no, there's only 35 left. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll have a little bit more of a safety room. Uh-huh. So avian malaria uh, spread by mosquitoes, I think, non-native spe- uh, mosquitoes. You can uh, correct me if that's not correct. And a problem being exacerbated, if I understand this correctly, by climate change, because birds or, or some of these honey creepers could go higher into the elevations where mosquitoes couldn't go. But now because of climate change, warming temperatures, uh, the mosquitoes can follow the birds higher into the mountains. Is that, a, is that about correct? Yeah. That is correct. Before 1826, there were no mosquito species here in Hawaii. It was mosquito free. Mm-hmm. And um, before like drastic landscape changes and the introduction of not only the mosquitoes, but bird diseases to Hawaii too, um, the Hawaiian honeycreepers were found from the tops of the mountains, like where, where the tree line is, down to the seashore. So after mosquitoes were introduced our, and the diseases our honey creepers disappeared from the lowlands and now can only really be found in the high elevation forests where mm-hmm. mosquitoes aren't present. But like you said, as climate change is warming everything, the mosquitoes are now able to move up higher and higher. Mm-hmm. And forests only go so high and our islands only go mm-hmm. so high. So our birds are running out of space that is mm-hmm. mosquito free and kind of safe for them to live. So what are the other problems? I know there are many, but what, what can you give us as a, as a thumbnail, Luca, in terms of the other threats to the birds? Yeah, so their habitat degradation, um, a lot of invasive species are coming from all over the world, um, both through like the bringing of plants for just for your gardens or just unintentional introductions. But it's changing the landscapes of our forests of like whether or not our native forest species like plant species can even survive, which are like, you know, the food sources for a lot of our birds. In addition to that, you know, cats, rats, and mongoose are very bad. They predate upon our birds who, you know, lived here for so long without these kinds of mammalian predators present. In addition to that, um, at least for our honey creepers, is the way that the pigs are um, causing a lot of erosion and a lot of um, pooling of water mm-hmm. and pig wallows where mosquitoes can breed. So kind of like a full surrounding of our honey creepers and just all these different threats that are um, coming at them. But above all else is really the mosquitoes and the avian disease that are starting to push at least the honey creeper species towards extinction. And that's mainly because in places where we have done restoration and forest restoration, put up fences and took out all the predators and did like, you know, really grand things Mm -hmm. because mosquitoes are now able to move up higher. They don't see the fence and stop. They just, you know, fly right through Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. so even with the reintroduction of our birds there, we're seeing that they're not successful because now the mosquitoes are present. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously a major ongoing project in in many ways. We don't have much time left, Luca, but I I just want to ask you about what's your level of optimism about being able to save these birds, or many of them at least? Yeah, so 100% save, you know, is always the goal, but being realistic, I am very hopeful. I've come to know all those who are at the forefront of working to help protect these birds And they are doing everything. And they're not just seeing these manu as like birds, but, you know, as essential beings and species and life forms that should be here, living here, living amongst us, like 
without the birds, we wouldn't have Hawaii and we can't have Hawaii without the birds. And so seeing that the incompatible insect technique is like went through the environmental assessments and got approved is now seeing like that light at the end of the tunnel that mm -hmm. we are moving there. We can do something. We might have not made it for some birds like the Akikiki to be able to not go extinct in the wild. But I know that we'll be able to create these places for them that we can reintroduce them one day in the future back into the forest circle Hawaii. So I am very hopeful, very excited, and very looking forward into the future of what we can do to keep these birds in our forests. And what about us uh, regular folks here? I mean, we know the American Bird Conservancy does a lot of wonderful work. Maybe you, maybe you can give a plug for how folks can, can help ABC with that. Yeah, so um, American Bird Conservancy has been leading with the development of the um, aerial release technology and the community engagement. And so if you're going to come and visit us here in Hawaii, <laughs> you know, come help us out in weeding and doing some um, mosquito um, research and surveys. But if you're not in Hawaii and you are just, you know, out on the continent or from around the world, um, we welcome to you to go to our website and I can... Um, I will drop the link with you. I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. But um, you can go to our website and you can donate some money to us and they'll go directly to the Birds Not Mosquitoes project and directly help with helping to fill in the gaps. That's one of the things ABC is able to do as a nonprofit organization is be that puka filler or that hole filler. And so this funds will help us to support our partners and fill in those funding gaps that they have and research gaps to help protect the birds. All right, and we'll we'll get uh, that link and 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 get it out there. Lucas Zavas with uh, American Bird Conservancy's Hawaii program and the Birds Not Mosquitoes partnership. Luca, thank you so much for being with us, and thanks for your wonderful work there. Thank you so much, Ray. It was nice speaking with you. My pleasure, indeed. Up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. Here's our mystery bird. It's our mystery bird contest. One special feature of which is that you don't necessarily have to get the right answer to win. If nobody gets the right answer, a drawing will determine our winner. So give us a call and tell us what you think that bird is and win that beautiful $25 gift certificate for Bird Collective, your one-stop shop for vintage-inspired apparel and unique accessories, all featuring birds. And the Broom Squirrel Solution, 150 bird feeder 
that is genuinely squirrel-proof, among other great attributes. 781-837-4900 is the number to call as soon as you possibly can because we're even more close (laughs) to being out of time than usual. 781-837-4900, our mystery bird, is a chunky, medium-sized diving duck. The male is a strikingly patterned bird with a dark purple head, a vertical white crescent just behind the bill, white undersides, in a dark back with white bars. The female is mostly brown with an orange bill. Tell us what it is or take your guess ASAP at 781-837-4900. Up next, almost live from the archive, Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. The North American Butterfly Association is launching the Butterfly Habitat Network a new continent-wide conservation initiative. Using decades of accumulated knowledge, NABA is scaling up efforts to protect, enhance, and create habitat specifically for butterflies. Butterflies are important pollinators of native plants and represent as caterpillars a major food resource for birds. Habitats critical to butterflies are essential to nesting waterfowl, neotropical migratory birds, upland game birds, and more. The NABA Board of Directors and staff have selected projects across North America as a starting point of the Butterfly Habitat Network. If we can save butterflies, we can save ourselves. It's more than just a slogan. It's the understanding that adequate, well-cared-for space for the wildlife of this planet will ensure survival and quality of life for human beings. Find out how you can help by visiting naba.org. Now it's down to the Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod, where trick-or-treaters who visit receive suet bars and little bags of sunflower seed. Mike O'Connor is there. Good morning, Mike. Oh, uh, good morning, Ray, and happy Halloween yep. to everybody. Now, don't listen to you. We're giving away nothing when you go there. Nothing at all. Okay, well, <laughs> good to know ahead of time, you know. You can just kind of skip by. Yeah, yeah no, we, you'll get some... Oh, uh, yeah, we'll give you some suet. We don't care. You know, it's it's a festive mm-hmm. time of year. Yeah. For sure. You just got like a handful. Is that how you do it? You kind of hold out your hand and yeah, you put the right. suet right in? That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we're trying to save packaging so everybody just exactly. grabs. You really are. That's right. So, exactly. uh, about the environment. What, what do you got here this morning? Well, I, I, you know, I, I thought about uh, doing a show about uh, something spooky about birds, but I decided birds aren't spooky. Birds are, bird, uh, you know, creatures that we look for enjoyment. So yeah. I didn't want to tell people a spooky story about birds, but I do want to give a shout-out, speaking of, with a, at least a spooky name, to, to Wicked Liz up there in St. Cloud, <laughs> Minnesota. She sent you a nice note and yeah. uh, gave me some plugs. So uh, so that's as spooky as we're going to get, a shout-out to Wicked Liz up there in St. Okay, Cloud, Minnesota. She's not spooky at all. I can Not at all. Not, not at all. But I did get another uh, a couple of notes from people who want to know why northern mockingbirds uh, are very popular birds. Matter of fact, it's the state bird of how many U.S. states, Ray? Oh, it's a, right, probably five. half a dozen, is it? Or <laughs> close? Yep. Yeah, five. Five, yeah. Five U.S. states. It's a very popular <laughs> bird, and a lot of people talking about them singing right now, or you know, doing their their mimics, their imitations. They're very good mimics. They imitate other birds and other uh, sounds too, including mechanical sounds and things like that. And most birds sing in the spring because that's their breeding territory, and they want to announce it and they want to get a mate. <laughs> and but most of them go quiet this time of year. But a few birds, namely owls, that stay on their territory year round. And around here at Carolina, around another bird that stays on its territory year-round. They're very vocal, and they're trying to defend mm-hmm. their little territory. But mockingbirds are a little different. They have a spring territory, like everybody else, and they, they give their uh, multiple calls. But this time of year, they're also doing it, but not so much for 
breeding territory, they find a patch of food that they want, and they don't want anybody coming near it. So they sing to keep other mockingbirds away, but they also want to keep other, like you said, starlings, starlings you mentioned earlier, and robins and other birds that'll they'll eat the berries off their plants. So they're they're very aggressive and they're very good at keeping the other birds away. But they also sing to keep other mockingbirds away. And some people will complain if, you know, if they get a mockingbird, it'll drive all the other birds out of their way, out of their yard. But they'll figure it out. They birds will always figure it out. They will figure it out. Just like the trick-or-treaters, they'll figure it out. If they want a handful of suet, the Bird Watchers General Store is a place. Yeah, that's to, right. Do it again. They, they get no packaging today. <laughs> Talk to you, you next week, Mike. Mike. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, we're, we're back to the Mystery Bird Contest. We have just seconds to go. Maybe Susie in Pennsylvania can uh, figure it out with our Mystery Bird. Good morning, uh, Susie. Hey, good morning, Ray. Good morning. What do you say our Mystery Bird is, Susie? I'm taking a guess on the okay. tufted duck. The tufted duck is what I would call a, a top-quality guess, but not exactly right. On the other hand, we're out of time, so we are declaring you the winner. Uh, the bird is actually the Barrow's Golden Eye. The Barrow's oh. Golden Eye. So, uh, Susie, stay on the line and we'll take care of stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Anyway, I, I'm thrilled. <laughs> Good, thank you. We're out of time. See you next week. The bird show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com By Vortex Optics With the VIP warranty Their unlimited lifetime promise To keep you and your optic covered Learn more at VortexOptics.com And Beautio Books An independent, family-owned bookstore Carrying one of the largest selections Of birding books in the world BeautioBooks.com